Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. How close to ready are. I guess ready will just play it when he plays it. We're ready. See? Told you. (laughs) Thank you. Sisters, welcome to Ben's Sunday School, starring Ben Gillette. My name is Michael Godot. Matt Donnelly, Penn and I are broadcasting from the Show Creator Studios south in Las Vegas. On today's show, we'll be talking about Penn and Teller trying to work without the great Johnny Thompson. And maybe we'll get to some of Godot's travels. Here he is preaching love, Mr. Penn Gillette. I've been trying to, uh, yeah, here I am preaching love. Preaching love. Uh, tell people again that uh, as I said in the show last night about my cough, yes. some people in the audience, I want you to know two things. One, I'm not suffering. It's just a cough. I'm not sick. And two, and more important to you, I'm not contagious. Whatever it is, pollution oh, or pollen, I'm okay. I want to tell you this story that's not tied in with any of the other stuff we're going to talk to. Uh, talk about, but I thought it was such a beautiful story. And one of these beautiful Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Stories that, as far as I know, only happens to me. I did a show somewhere. Okay. I don't know where. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. Where we played recently. Maybe it was, it was in Phoenix. Uh, someplace we went and did a show. Glenn knows right away where it was, but I don't know. And uh, one of these places we do Friday night. You know, we fly in Thursday to a show Friday night. And after the show, people are coming around having stuff signed and so on. And this woman comes up, a um, very attractive, um, uh, very sophisticated woman, probably uh, in her 70s, mm-hmm. I would say. I'd put her maybe, I don't know. Probably around older than me, you know, older than me, I think. Although I'm not sure. But very um, sophisticated is Well the right put word. together. Attractive, yeah. And she comes up and she hands me a copy of my book, Presto. Take a sip of tea. Hands me a copy of my book, Presto, and says, would you sign this for me? And I say, yes. And then she says, and there's a nude picture of me in it. Whoa. <laughs> and I thumb through the book, and there is a picture, a snapshot in there. And it is uh, a picture of her um, taken earlier. Well, obviously taken earlier. wasn't just taken that second. But probably <laughs> probably a couple decades earlier or a few. Mm-hmm. It's an outdoor, um, pleasant, like very uh, uh, park, very green like by a lake, 
kind of idyllic type situation. And there in the center of the picture, she is there nude. <laughs> There's a nude picture of me in there. Open the book up. I look at it and I go, oh, that's great. She goes, yep. <laughs> there are not many moments in my life that are perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Isn't that a perfect moment? Yeah. a lovely moment. Perfect moment. I, 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 that seems like something that I would say I've asked people for that. Right. You know, back when we were playing L.A., I had a thing called the Fun Phone, which was just an answering tape we had in the 80s that we would put the ad in for the number. You call up, and it was two minutes of me ranting about something, telling jokes and stuff. And one Fun Phone, I told people if they brought a nude picture of themselves, I'd give them a free T-shirt. Right. Mm. Then I had to be a little more careful. People were bringing baby pictures. Or they were bringing bringing pictures where they were nude, but too far away. (laughs) They were trying to game it. So I had to explain all the good parts showing as an adult, (laughs) legal, has to be your face so I can tell it's you. Right? Because they were giving me pictures of neck down. I have to look at the picture and know it's you right then. And I got maybe... Two dozen, three dozen, including my favorite, which is a bunch of frat boys came to the show. I mean, I'm describing them that way. I don't know if they were dudes, you know? Yeah. And one of them brought a Polaroid with them because I said it, there, were no, there weren't digital pictures as much then. Right. Uh, but it had to be an actual uh, hard copy. Hard copy. And uh, one of the boys brought a uh, Polaroid with them, and they all went off to the men's room came back out, <laughs> brought five Polaroids to me that they had just taken, um, and uh, sent a, uh, gave them to me and got their T-shirts. Then another time, a woman came up and said, I can't give you this picture, but I'll show you this picture. I can't let this out of my, 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 my hands, but I'll show it to you. And she showed it to me. It was a picture of her naked in bed with a very famous female tennis star. <laughs> and said, I can just show you this. I can't give it to you. And I held up a T-shirt and said, yeah. I can show this to you, but I can't give it to you. But I have a little book like that, all those pictures I got from that. And, you know, mostly guys 50 years old, naked on their beds with their legs spread, yeah. with their dog. Sure. You know, just uh, But those uh, are the guys that need T-shirts the most. Yeah. So I feel like that's where you're really doing a service more than And then lots else. of like nudist couples. Yeah. It's a picture of them out. Hi. Yeah. And it made me so happy. And then we moved from L.A. to New York to go off Broadway. The producers put the kibosh on free T-shirts for nude pictures so fast my head spun. <laughs> they saw that as being fraught with problems. Yes, that is wrong with problems. <laughs> <laughs> they were correct. I loved it. But I love this. I don't know where it comes from. Sign that book. Oh, by the way, there's a nude picture of me in it. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's it. If this is a true or false question, my answer is true. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a wonderful moment. A nice thing. And uh, another, I worked on, um, uh-oh, there's a project. There's a project <laughs> that's going to be coming out soon. Um, and I had to go do voiceover. And I was very happy with this line. Um, the woman director who was there mm-hmm. said to me, um, 
have you watched what we shot, the three hours? I said, no, I don't like to watch myself. So no, I didn't watch any of it. And she said, may I show you the trailer? And I said, are you inviting me into your mobile home? <laughs> I just was happy. I was very, very happy with myself. That's a nice job. It got a big laugh. She was happy. I was happy. Everything good. So it's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help you to a way healthier mouth and mind. You know how important brushing your teeth is. Yeah. I mean, if Neanderthals had brushed their teeth more, they might be around now. There a you lot go. of people died of tooth decay. Did you know that? I did not know that. Real dangerous thing. I would have died by now. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. <laughs> the, I, new ki- the new kids <laughs> Quip has the same two-minute timer, timer and guiding pulses as our original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown-up. Kids, the new brush is the same as our original version, just tweaked for size down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels the products, looks and feels like the products that their adults in their lives use. They're proud to use Quip, help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. I was told by my dentist that um, boys don't really start taking care of their teeth until they want to date girls. (laughs) I'm not saying that's anything to do with, you know, um, the queer movement or anything. I'm sure there's corresponding things. That's what my dentist said. My dentist may not be woke. He may be hitting the laughing gas. That's true. But that's the way he put it. Until they're amorous. Yes, exactly. Uh, Amorous is exactly the way to put it. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. We love Quip. We love Quip. It's also a subscription thing, right? You pay very little money. You get a new... Gets, a new toothbrush. Everything. And, uh, so, he, so, yeah. so I just love Quip. Now, what you love most about it is the way it sticks in the mirror. I love the way it sticks in the mirror because you can travel with it so easily. Mm-hmm. It sticks right there, and you have it right there. It's a good toothbrush. That's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts just 25 bucks. If you go to getquip.com slash pen right now, you can get your first refill pack free. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash pen. Quip, 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 quip. 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 Dry out the, uh, the quip and check it out. Um, the memorial for Johnny Thompson. Yeah. I was out of town. It was, uh, you were there, right? I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what a wreck I was? Yes. I was destroyed. Um, Teller and um, uh, Emily did a incredible job. Yeah. Emily did all the logistics. Teller did all the art. And it was done at the Penn and Teller Theater. It was beautiful. I heard it was beautiful. Over 500 people showed up. Yeah. Uh, there were stuff sent in from all over the world. Um, needless to say, when I was in Shanghai, people had stuff to say about Johnny. Yeah. And um, I uh, I was backstage. I saw Pam, um, Johnny's wife, who uh, has some memory problems. Yep. We had to remind her why she, why she was there. And then um, I walked out among the people. They were, as you know, cupcakes. And mm-hmm. Emily made these great, you know, those little wafer c- cookies, like sugar wafer cookies, sugar wafer cookies, or were they kind of like stacks, about? stacks of wafers with little fillings? Oh, all right, okay. you know, well, she they, made them? pretty standard. No, no, no. Rio made them, but okay. they had 
frosted them to look like harmonicas. And they said oh, harmonicas. Oh, fantastic. It was, Very nice. it was really nice. Yeah. And there were probably 300 people. And I was backstage. And my buddies Dino, Dino Cameron, yeah. and, uh, and Andy Lerner had come. And they were sitting with me. And I kind of steeled myself because we were kind of sort of hosting it. You know, I, I said to, to Teller and Emily, is there a way you can think of that I don't go to this and it's not disrespectful? <laughs> and Glenn, Emily, and Teller. Well, I, I didn't should give Glenn credit too. Glenn worked on it too. And they all went, no, we can't think of a way that that's not disrespectful. I said, yeah. you know, when my mom and dad died, it was 15 minutes by the graveside and no one said anything. And they said, this isn't that. This is a celebration of life. You have to be there. So I steeled myself, and uh, I walked across, and people said, you know, this is nice. You're putting this together, and sorry for your loss. They said very nice things to me. And then I walked over, and I saw James Randi, the amazing Randi, in a wheelchair. He's, he, uh, he's had some health problems. You know, Randy's 90. Right. And had some health problems. And um, I saw Randy and fell to pieces, like not just began crying, but thought that I might vomit and pass out. Um, seeing Randy in a wheelchair, uh, my friend Kramer said, uh, you don't get to find out what kind of person you are until all your fathers are gone. Oof. Maybe Kramer didn't have to say that to me. He kind of ripped me to pieces. <laughs> um, but it was heavy. And seeing Randy there, uh, tore me apart, and I ran um, ran backstage and fell apart. I mean, not only crying and sobbing, but also uh, g gagging. I pulled myself back together, went back out, and was able to apologize to Randy because I walked up and said, hi, Randy, ah, and ran away. And then my son came in, and my son was uh, really, really uh, torn apart. My son, uh, I believe Johnny was the time that my son realized that people die. Right. You know, he's 12. And uh, he was uh, inconsolable. And I was trying to console him. And uh, so he and I were in the VIP section of the Penn & Teller Theater, back the, where the tables are, uh, in each other's arms, uh, just crying. Yeah. And uh, I was amazed that someone came up and said, could they have a picture with me? Which I thought... Well, that's amazing. I guess <laughs> yeah. you want a picture of me crying, but no. okay. Yeah. And then Piff came over, and then Piff fell apart. So um, Piff, my son Z, and I were not handling ourselves well. My uh, my wife Emily was wonderful. She was running everything. Moxie, uh, my daughter, just became this superhero and just had everything together. She was doing a... Uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job. But Z was sobbing so intently that when the um, celebration started, he actually had to leave the room because he was he was disturbing people. Even in a theater that size, his um, his uh, his his pain was so great, his suffering was so great, and uh, he was having a lot of trouble, which I do too. I think everybody does. This isn't special. Um, it was hard for him when people would tell a funny story about Johnny. Yeah, you know how, how can how can we be trying to laugh? Don't they understand they're never going to see Johnny again? And I said, Oh, oh, Z, they understand. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, they understand. Um, they do.
And I, I think that's so difficult. I think as, um, I think as a, I think it's hard is that Z's going through a personal experience there. Mm -hmm. So the weight of losing someone in his life, he's experiencing something this difficult for the first time. And so he is, uh, it is, it is of greater value to mm -hmm. him. And it's also technically in that moment kind of still about him too, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's hard to explain to a child. He that, didn't, uh, he didn't, uh, think of much of anything except he wouldn't see Johnny again. Right. And so the idea that everyone else gets to just feel Johnny's presence by hearing a story of his empathizing, mm -hmm. realizing they have similar stories and laughing just to really get that in again, you know, to have that happen again. Yeah. I think it's hard to explain to a child that notion. So um, at the Johnny Memorial, you saw Paul V. Hill. Yep. And um, uh, Jared uh, Knopf, right? Mm -hmm. Is it Knopf? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Knopf. 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 Yeah. Jared. Yeah. Texas guy. Uh, lo uh, lawyer. Mm -hmm. Dylan Freak. Uh, and this uh, guy who uh, works in an ER, he's a surgeon uh, up in Boston area. These three guys who refer to themselves as uh, Johnny's sons. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny would always call them, you know, these are my sons. All of them monster uh, sleight of hand guys. Yeah. All of them great, great performers. They stood up and they did a poem. Yes. Like a beat poem about Johnny Thompson. That was so beautiful, man. That was good. Yeah, they uh, they didn't do it with a dramatic weight. They just you know did it kind of easily, mm -hmm. and they did it where the three of them traded off. Yep. Uh, lines. Uh, lines constantly. One of the greatest. Uh, one of the greatest tributes I've ever seen to anybody. It was yeah. Wonderful. David Copperfield spoke, mm -hmm. and he was he was he was wonderful talking about taking Johnny through his. Uh, museum and then randy came out on stage in his wheelchair with his husband uh holding an ipad for him and said a line that um uh i think destroyed everybody when he said johnny thompson called me jimmy and then randy paused and said nobody has ever called me jimmy <laughs> everybody calls randy randy it's his original first name yeah you know his last name is like zwingy yeah. But he uses James Randy. No one has ever called him. Very few people call him James, but nobody calls him Jimmy. And then Randy paused and said, I guess no one will call me Jimmy again. Oof. And then uh, uh, Piff, uh, my son, and I, who were, had kind of pulled it together, could no longer pull it together. And then my daughter, who's 13 years old, I said, I don't know how I'm going to get on stage because I was what, the final speaker. And my daughter said... Uh, it's so it's okay, Dad. I'll get you through, which is on on your own enough to make you cry. Yes. And so I, um, Moxie and I were backstage, and Moxie said, <laughs> "Just do three fucking lines and turn it over to me. You'll be okay." <laughs> and uh, she had written a letter to Johnny Thompson right after he died. She wrote it in school, and she read it to me. We'd asked her to read it, and I went out and I made one joke that I get out. Mm -hmm. Which I said, boy, allergies are a bitch, huh? Because mm -hmm. I've been crying so much. Then I fell to pieces. And I tried to introduce my daughter and couldn't do it. And kind of, you saw it. Yeah. I stumbled through it terribly, horribly. And then Moxie pulled out her two-page letter she wrote to Johnny and read it 
beautifully mm-hmm. and clearly and emotionally without falling apart. Just perfect, poised. Would you say poised? Yes. And then threw it back to me, and I fell to pieces and then said one line, which people kind of liked, which was, I can't talk, but Teller can. And Teller came out and did a wonderful broken wand ceremony. It was very, very good. I think it was funny in that moment is that this is the only line where you guys accidentally did a Teller talking joke that you would have appreciated yourselves. That's right. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And it was a teller talking joke, and yeah. yet it was it was there, and we did it. So uh, uh, it was uh, it was a very very heavy day. It was a crazy heavy day, you know. Um, Pip and I uh, talked after we working over at his show, and um, you know the original initial letter that came out was from Emily to be like, mm-hmm. hey, if you want to talk, you know, let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll put up, we're putting a lineup together yeah. or whatever. And because it came from Emily. Piff and I joked about how we both considered being like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll talk. And then also be like, wait, maybe not. And then, <laughs> and then you saw the lineup that came out to talk to him. Yeah, it was Matt Franco hosted it. Yeah. And David Copperfield and in order it went, Fielding and everybody. Yeah, yeah in order it went, it went Copperfield, Lance Burton, Teller, Amazing Randy. Yeah. <laughs> At which point... <laughs> I just turned to my wife and said, thank fucking God I did not say I would speak, <laughs> you know. Um, and in it, you know, when the, the, the myriad of people that spoke uh, from people who knew him at all different kinds of uh, uh, times in his life, I think what was crazy is that the fact that we even felt like we could talk or had something to say is a testament to Johnny, is that yeah. Johnny made every single person he spoke to feel loved and heard yeah. and special. Yeah, and, and so and did anybody not have a crazy story with Johnny? You know what I mean. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody has a crazy story with Johnny, and uh, and so uh, and that was so evident uh, um, in in the memorial, and uh, and also that I just said he lived so many lives. Yeah, you know, th- th- several people referred to the fact that he was a sewer worker in yeah. Chicago, and I think a few people thought that was a joke, right? You know, or that he had fallen into a sewer and got completely covered in shit. Yeah. Head to toe, fell in the sewer and came out. So no matter what happens to show business, it'll never be as bad as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, everybody had a story, a great story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I did not do anything. I did not, I was not able to get, did you hear, understood a word I said on stage? Yes, I think so. But I think people also understood, uh, the magnitude of which you were upset. I don't think anything's, I, you, you, there's, if I'm interpreting any tone in what you're saying right now in a way that you want to somehow feel bad or beat yourself up in any way, I don't think there's a person in the room who didn't understand what was happening. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh. Celebrations of life and memorial services are uh, my strong suit. Right. Some people are good at them. You know, they know how to they know how to do what you're supposed to do. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you would do that. I don't know how anyone would do that. Yeah, it's hard. There are all kinds of schools of thought for those kinds of things. You know, some religions. You know, you dress in black for days and you don't. You those are all windows. useful things. Those are things religions really good at. Yeah, yeah. The ritualizing of of mourning is is tough, and then. Yeah, to do uh, uh, let's not cry, but let's smile and laugh is like uh, also a, a wonderful notion, but I think equally impossible. I think. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty impossible. Yeah, um, but uh, we got through, and uh, yeah. then just last Tuesday, Teller and I had our 
very first meeting without right. Johnny. Right, you guys do one every Tuesday. In 20 years. Oh, man. Uh, now, that's not literally true. Taylor and I have had meetings where the two of us meet to just brainstorm ideas, but those are much rarer than anybody knew. Right. Because uh, Johnny would usually show up. You know, one of us would tell him we're getting together, and he'd show up. So even when it was just Teller and I talking, Johnny was sitting there. I mean, even for the pure Penn and Teller stuff, Johnny was sitting there. And then we do other projects like uh, doing the uh, Magic Goes Wrong, right? The uh, play that goes wrong, guys. Yeah, just playing in Vegas. I just saw it actually. Oh, how'd you like it? I loved it. I'm the, going tonight. Uh, oh well, it's we should talk about that. Yeah. But, um, Can we do it next week after yeah, I've seen it? Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> and then Johnny. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> comes into the play that goes wrong meeting and ends up writing like two bits for it, you know, da 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 Yeah. And, uh, and the guys say, well, are we bringing you on to the team? And Johnny says, well, a beautiful thing. Johnny said, uh, I work for Penn & Teller full time. If you hire Penn & Teller, you've already hired me. Nice. I'm part wow, of the team. Wow, I just wow. come in. I come in as part of Penn & Teller. Boom. And uh, laid so much wisdom on him and gave him funny bits and all this stuff. Oh, it was, it was amazing. So we're going to sit down our first time and tell him was working on. He's got this new thing, Glass Portrait. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I have. Uh, good bit. Really good bit. And he wanted to make it look different. And I went and sat in the theater where I sit. We're working on bits and tellers on stage where I always sat next to Johnny. And I just said to myself, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to try to be Johnny. I mean, I'm going to try to internalize everything I could have possibly learned. So you had to like Teller more than you normally would. Well, that's exactly true. <laughs> that's exactly true. I said, you know, there's a, uh, there's a kindness that Johnny showed to Teller that I don't. Yeah. And that I'm going to. Yeah. So that's absolutely not a joke. Right. I, that was maybe the most important thing. Also, you know, Everybody said this over and over again about four four ways. We can four ways we can do this. Every single bit you talk to Johnny about, he'd always come back with, here are four ways to do that. Yeah. And magicians, uh, what Johnny would always say, they stop thinking too soon. Yeah. And that's a thing that Piff said was the, the biggest thing he learned from us and from Johnny. He said, you guys are working. You come up with a magic method that accomplishes it. He said, and I'm done. Okay. We've got it. That's what Piff said. Yeah. We've got this solved. And you guys go, okay, what are like three other ways to do this? Mm. And we get four ways and go, this is the best one. And Johnny used to always say, magicians, stop thinking. They go, okay, we've solved this problem. Move on. And you don't. You solve the problem four times, then you move on. You know, when you can pick one of those. So I tried to do that. I tried to be pleasant to Teller. And then I went back into the um, monkey room for Teller. I'd have, that, was, that was just directing. It was lighting and stuff like that. How does a smoke look? That's what we did first. Went back and sat in the monkey room. And there we were with the seat that Johnny's sitting in with just the two of us. And I said, you know, Teller, we're senior citizens now. We can get into movies cheaper. Uh, <laughs> We can no longer act like children who need dad here to take care of us. Um, we got to do this. And I said, we have to honor Johnny, and we have to get along and be smart. And we have to do what Johnny would do. We have to have Johnny in all these meetings. And we were really good. Might have been one of the best sessions Tell and I ever had. 
just brainstorming and new ideas. And then we got this amazing idea. Uh, we were, uh, I have been pushing for a long time to do an uh, age-appropriate escape. You know, sure. whenever I see of someone, course. whenever I see an escape artist over 60 going in a milk can or a straitjacket, and I get really uncomfortable. So I've been saying to tell her, I want to escape from a lazy boy really comfortably, like like men our age would do. Right, a beanbag chair or something. And then Teller said, rocking chair. And I went, oh, man, has all the blues implications, <laughs> you know, from stormy weather, Etta James, rocking chair is yeah. going to get me, being tied into rocking chairs. And I said to Teller, you know, um, you know so much about the technology of chair escapes, but boy, we're going to miss Johnny. And then we said, there was this whole network of people that Johnny called upon that we still have. So I said, why don't we find the person that Johnny would talk to about this and get them in and hire them and work with them. So we got in touch with this guy, Mark Cannon, and his wife, uh, Sheila. He's a um, he's state trooper, I think, a chips guy in, uh, in, um, in uh, California. Okay. He is the escape guy. Work with Chris Angel, work with David Copperfield, work with everybody. Um, he cares about safety. He knows everything. And we just called him up, said, can we hire you to work on this trick with us? And it's, and we're going to work with Paul V. Hill on something else and Jared on something else and try to keep somewhat, we'll never do it, but keep somewhat the community that Johnny had going. Yeah. It was a pretty, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty nice, pretty nice thing. And I think that the best way to honor Johnny was for us to have a fabulous session. Yeah. And not to fall apart, but actually do really good work, which I think we did. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, nice. you talk about the four solutions. It wasn't just knowledge about that. It was passion. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like there's four ways to do it. Sit down, young buck. You yeah. know, he really wanted to figure things out with you, communicate with yeah, you yeah. on stuff. Yeah. And I think that's a big difference than I think typically well, he, when you talk he about. He knew that you had uh, ideas and value and did not think that his were more important than yours. Nope. That they tied together. Yeah. And he, uh, he loved to work on stuff, loved to collaborate. And you know something? Teller and I treated each other and have treated each other really, really badly over the years. It's part of how the relationship works. You guys have seen that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Johnny, uh, we didn't want to be assholes in front of Johnny, so we treated each other better. That's right. Dad was so we, there watching you. So we treated each other really, really well at this meeting, and it might have been might have been a very good idea. We're going to get on to uh, uh, broader subjects, although I, I will guarantee you that as long as there's this podcast, Johnny Thompson's name will pop up a lot. And then there's also this joke where one woman says to the other, I guess they're at the gym, and she says, well, my boyfriend got me a dozen roses, I guess I'll have to spend all weekend on my back with those my legs in the air. And the other woman says, don't you have a vase? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you, Pro Flowers does not want that joke incorporated no, into no. their ad. But I tell you what, I think we just sealed the deal for Pro Flowers for a lot of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's a fine, it's a fine, fine joke. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about when you when your children are in something at their school, you go. Absolutely. Yeah. If they're going to swim meet or soccer or they're in a play or they're in a chorus, you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Been to a billion. I will tell you something. My daughter 
was Usher at a play handing out programs. <laughs> and I went to the play. Dad of the year. Dad, my daughter is a theater tech in uh, school. And so we go, and she has made like some of the costumes and p- painted some of the sets. Light design. We have to go see the show. <laughs> no, not even light design. Yeah. Costumes and sets. Costumes and sets. Yeah, well, Moxie was just handing out programs <laughs> and selling cookies in intermission. Oh, and I went, and the perfect excuse to get a cookie. Are you are you in that situation? Do you have to observe? Does she need to see you seeing her do the work? Well, I I went with her. I drove her over, right? And then I went, and she also wanted me to meet her teachers, Mm -hmm. and said, "This is my theater teacher. He's also a fire eater." Oh, nice. (laughs) So we bonded on that. And you know, I'm not. I I I want to change, but I'm not uh, effusive when I meet people. I'm not outgoing, you know? Yeah. I say, pleased to meet you. And that's usually the end of the sentence. The end of the whole... Do you think most of your interaction with adults is spent in a mode? Yeah. And in in the mode, you're not Moxie's dad. Right. Right. I don't know be Moxie's dad, you know? Right. Yeah. Because most of the time, people come up to you and, as you say, you have to be... uh, uh, They have things to say to you, and you have to say thank you. Yeah. Really be, enjoyed your show. Really like this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. Thank you. So this it's was a hard different to go thing. the other way. And I'm not used to it. The show they were doing uh, was a show called She Kills Monsters. She Kills Monsters. And it was originally done at the Flea Theater mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, and uh, it it's odd because um, the school she goes to is, uh, is a uh, fancy-ass school here. You know, she just started going to the school. She said something that I can't imagine saying when I was a child. <laughs> she said, the school I'm going to is too easy and the other students fuck around too much. I want to go to a school that's harder and more serious. Wow. Nice. And more expensive. So um, <laughs> she probably didn't say that part, but it was implied. <laughs> yeah. So we enrolled in a different school halfway through the school. Everyone year. gets an iPad and a horse. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, you do have to have a laptop to go to the school. And they have, it has to be newer than a certain amount and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. geez. Have all that. And they do have horses. Yeah, of course, all that stuff. <laughs> but the play they were doing was She Kills Monsters, which the uh, guy came out beforehand, you know, uh, the, the guy, the, the theater, guy, theater teacher. The director. Yeah. He came out and said, we chose... Not to censor this, and it's kind of a difficult play with some adult themes, but uh, we're going to do it just as it was written, and we hope you understand. And and I was only half listening. <laughs> there's nothing that's going to bother me, right? Sure, nothing. Now Mox had seen this play before, okay, and then uh, she was seeing it again with me, and she wanted me to see it with her, right? Okay, so I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch it, and. Um, it takes place in the 90s, and the story is, it's, 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 you know, the story of the play, She Kills Monsters, is that um, uh, younger sister, who's like 14, and older sister, who's like 22, right? They're all, these are all being played by high school students. And I should stress that my daughter is in middle school, but this is a high school play that she's ushering for. Mm-hmm. So it's high school students doing it, who did it. Incredible job. It was beautifully directed. Oh, great. Fabulously acted. But the premise is that the younger daughter dies, 
and the um, sister, the older sister, is uh, trying to connect with her. And there's a book she has of Dungeons and Dragons, of a game she made. So they go to a dungeon master, and she plays Dungeons and Dragons and learns and reconnects with her sister in that way, right? But it's, it takes place in the 90s, and there's a lot of, and this was really nice to see. Uh, turns out that her uh, daughter, her sister, younger sister, was uh, was gay, was a lesbian. And in the game, there's uh, there's lesbian stuff, and there's anti-gay sentiment from the other people around, which was incredible. Because this is from, takes place in the 90s, and that's, you know, what, 30 years, and um, 25. Yeah. And... Uh, it was incredibly dated. It's so wonderful that you see a play with anti- I mean, I realize this is stupid to say with Pence as vice president, <laughs> but the anti-gay stuff, at least for Vegas, yeah, was very dated. Like my, <laughs> All of the adults in the room are, are surprised by how dated it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Moxie, you know, I had to explain to her that people used to be upset with gay people. I mean, it's just not even a thing. Right. I don't even understand for the plot of the play. But you have in the play um, high school girls, because they're playing, they're playing the characters. Mm-hmm. High school girls making out on stage. And you go, uh, whoa, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with each other is what I mean. No, no, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right, but that puts puts you in a different. You have to, you have to start uh, evaluating in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then there's all sorts of jokes because it's the, her boyfriend doesn't understand she's meeting the dungeon master, and there's there's kind of a wacky sitcom type moment where uh, the boyfriend thinks that she's involved sexually with the dungeon master instead of just playing Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of stuff. So there's all these SM jokes. Yeah. And there's all these threesome jokes. Do you want to join us? Da, 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 da. All these threesome jokes and my daughter's laughing and uh, it's all fine. And there's all this like language. Wow. Uh, and I, I'm surprised that this is being done at a high school. Not that they want to tackle the subject matter they want to tackle. That's funny, but that they actually have sexual jokes that are out there for everyone to laugh at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I'm back there going, oh, yeah, there was a disclaimer, wasn't there? And I didn't think it was for me, and maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get back with with uh, with uh, Mox, and I, I say to Emily, I say, uh, yeah, you know, there, there's this play, uh, you know, there's like a lot of um, sexual content. She says, they sent out an email War, I said, I, I, yeah, I know. I deleted that instantly. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to read an email about some of you may be a little upset by the topic. That's not going to be me. Yeah, I'm Mr. Bullshit. I'm Mr. Free Speech. Yeah. But I was like, whoa. And then I thought, well, that's pretty great. That's pretty great. You know, it's. Oh, I mean, I got nothing but good about this. But it was still uh, started also a good again. Play. It's also like again, it's it's pen. Penn coming over from Penn & Teller to watch a show on Broadway about this subject matter with people making out on stage. Penn loves that play. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's again, like, I think like it's weird that you're put in this position as your daughter's father in a room of people who are, are high school students doing this and then you are in the room. You know, like it changes the way you're taking in the art. Yeah. And I think 
it sounds like you don't want it, that to be the case. No, I want to be just me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and on the uh, on the way on the way out, we saw the director again, and there was a student walking by, and uh, Moxie pointed out to me that the student was holding marijuana in their hand, and uh, she said he's got vaping or something from marijuana. And uh, Moxie said, that's legal, but if you're 16, you shouldn't be doing it. It's not legal for a 16-year-old, but it's probably safe if you're 25. And I said, yes, Moxie, um, you should do, uh, because something's legal doesn't mean you should do it. That's a decision you can still make. Because now that marijuana is legal, I'm still not doing it. Right. I said, you don't have to do it. And she said, oh, I know. I know. I said, but you don't, even if you get to be 25, you don't have to smoke marijuana because it's legal. There's a lot of things that are legal that you shouldn't do. I said, for instance, my crab dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then I stopped in the middle of the square at her school yeah. and said, this is my crab dance. As far as I know, completely legal, but I probably shouldn't do it. And I started to do my crab dance. <laughs> and Moxie said, stop it. Yeah. I said, exactly my point. Completely legal, but I probably, sure, I, I should do the, I do a little more, I do a little more of the crab dance. She said, no. So that was my big lecture to my daughter on drugs. But I don't expect, as I've said many times, if my children become, uh, Beer swigging evangelicals. Yeah, I don't love them any less. Yeah, it's not even an issue. You know, you just yeah. still probably have more difficult conversations, though. Maybe or maybe not. I don't yeah. even know. I don't even know. But I do know that it was uh, it was only moderately difficult for her to talk me out of the crab dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, "What about my naked crab dance?" And she said, "Not legal." <laughs> good point. Good, good point. point. Good distinction. That is a good school. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, you guys probably would want to see my crab dance. Yeah. Moxie at her school with people walking by, mm. not particularly. Much. I think I'd want to see your crab dance, and I think I'd want to see Moxie talking you out of it as well. I think yeah. I, like, I like all the theater that I'm seeing there. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, is, is that you or Moxie's dad doing the crab dance? Exactly. That's, that's another <laughs> difficult thing. Was there not enough tension at the show for you? There's... <laughs> so uh, I also read Flowers for Algernon. Again, mm -hmm. my son was at reading long him. last. Yes, my son was reading him. I was also That's surprised at how sexual that was. Heartbreaking story. Also. Well, I'm going to get to that. Ah, okay. But the sexual parts of it, I kind of went to my son. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, boy, I was, I was very surprised when you're reading it again. Flowers for Algernon is not hardcore sex. Yeah. When you're reading it along with your 12 year old, you go like, "Whoa, he's got." Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't know. It's all, it's all right. I we mean, can skip this page. I don't need to read that out loud to you, do I, son? Why well, would you read it out loud? We're reading oh, it good. in parallel. And again, it's like. The kids are all right, of course, you know, but then I think it's, um, you, you like your kids at all their ages, yeah. right? And so anytime they move on from an age, yeah, there's like a pain with that, Yeah, I feel like. Well, they're very aware of all this. But Flowers for Algernon, have you ever read it, Matt? Tom? No. Oh. I didn't even read it when I was supposed to. Oh. <laughs> I tell you, uh, choking sobbing. Yeah, it is. It is such a power and such a well-written. I only remember watching the movie idea. Charlie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a powerful idea, you know. How it deals with intelligence and yeah. how it deals with uh, peer pressure and how it deals with who we are 
and uh, how, trying to deal with uh, what the essence of a person is outside of intelligence is a complicated idea. And it's a really good idea for science fiction to uh, to deal with. Uh, Even the, this notion, like, there's books like that, like To Kill a Mockingbird, Flowers for Algernon, you know, Fahrenheit 451. These are all books that were assigned reading. Right. It's time to go back and reread those. Yeah, and you'd think, <laughs> you, you know, when you're young, you just think everyone who's designing anything for you is an asshole. Yes. It doesn't get what it means to be I, young. Yeah. And why would I read this bullshit? Mm-hmm. You know? And some of them I hated. Sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Some of them were just bad. But stuff like Animal Farm. Yeah. Fahrenheit 451. To Kill a Mockingbird. Flowers for Algernon. Those are all good books. Yeah. There's a reason they're teaching those. And also, those are also good books for that age. That's what I mean. Like, someone... Moby Dick. Yeah. Anybody assigns Moby Dick to a uh, 15 year old is an asshole. Moby Dick. I mean, I don't. Do I have to go back and read Johnny Tremaine? I don't think so, no. right? But uh, uh, <laughs> that was younger. <laughs> but, uh, he melts his hand. That's all I remember. Uh, it, you know, that, that somebody was looking out for young people when they came up with that, those yeah, reading yeah, lists. Yeah, they did. They were. And they weren't, they weren't squares. They were probably pretty hip people that were probably. like, let's get this in their heads I think so, yeah. the right way. So where you been going, Godot? You know, uh, Scotty Meltzer and I went uh, to Europe for a trade show for a week. Katrina broke her foot. I don't know if you heard this. Katrina broke her yeah. foot, and I picked up a bunch of gigs. It was well worth the curse. I uh, hired a... A voodoo princess to the pox you put her. her. And it and it worked. And I got a couple of great gigs out of it. <laughs> One of them was that I got to go to uh, uh, Scotty and I flew to Colmar, France, mm-hmm. which is a medieval town, uh, kind of on the French German border there. And spent three days in Colmar just adjusting for the the time the time change and stuff like that before we had to do our show. And so hung out in this ancient medieval town for three days was full of canals and took tours and had fantastic food. Flush, and then, flush toilets. Flush toilets. They had yeah. flush toilets. Um, and then we were at uh, the Cathedral of St. Martin, which is the middle of the I town. thought you were going to say you were responsible for the Notre Dame thing. <laughs> no, 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 but this, this might explain some of it. <laughs> Sky and they were juggling torches. <laughs> <laughs> we we're at the Cathedral of St. Martin, and it's beautiful beautiful church in the middle of town and we're walking around it looking at it and near the front door i stop and uh, there is a, st- a a statue just sticking off by the side of the door of, of a guy blowing a goat <laughs> on the side of a church statue you know how like like a gargoyle sticking out straight out from the wall uh-huh straight out from the wall and and i'm like this, this looks like a guy blowing a goat. That's no, no. Scotty, Scotty. <laughs> come over here. Look at this. this is and he's going to come over and he's going to say. Yeah, no, no. You're, you're, what's wrong with you? He's going to say flying bat. And you're yeah. like, oh, I can't even oh, see geez, those guy I, blowing a goat anymore. I, I must be reading this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now that you say it that way. Oh, it's just a duck. How did I ever see it the way I saw it? Scotty goes, oh, good Lord. It, it's a guy blowing a goat. <laughs> and we call our other friends over. And we go, oh, like, look, there's a guy blowing a goat. What the hell? Well, you're no And help. then we walk all the way around the church. And there's, turns out on the back, there's another one with two guys blowing a goat. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. I know. <laughs> yeah. I also thought, what, what, I, what I, a progressive I, church. I thought of blowing a goat. <laughs> well, I actually, get... I saw this play put out at uh, high school. <laughs> It was a gay goat in, the, in their story. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very progressive. Well, there is the show The Goat. Right. Yeah, which, I, which is a play I saw about blowing goats. But go 
I hope, the, I hope you're listening, Moxie's what's, High School. What's <laughs> well, I, you know, I get back to the room, and I'm a little troubled by the goat blowing on the statue. I look it up, and it turns out there's a, a, this thing that churches used to do. Our, uh, what, what is this? Our, our sister of the sucking goat? Yes. <laughs> Very close. We're a bad it turns out that their, their depiction Sorry. of the, the guy blowing the goat is a Jew. And these are intentional. Well, that shut us up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, look, there's a guy blowing a goat. It's a uh, every, what? Every word felt it's wrong. What? Every step I, I could not take. I couldn't apologize <laughs> enough. I'm sorry I laughed at the guy blowing the goat. It's called Jude and Sow. And they were on uh, a bunch of medieval churches. And it, it's, it, it's really specifically an insult to Jews on the outside of the church. Wow. You know, I'd never heard of it. Religion is such a good thing. <laughs> it just promotes love and peace. Once in a while, little things pop up, but overall, it <laughs> yeah. is just about love. love mostly love. a beautiful church. Yeah, mostly a but, beautiful uh, church. A shocking thing to have found, and still on the church, which I don't know if I think is cool or not. Is that an admission of theirs that we used to be this, or is that we're still this, or is that we don't want to bury our our history because we are responsible you for know, this? There are so know, many you questions. You know what I feel about holding on to tradition shit? Yeah. Just get rid of it. Right. It's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it's amazing to me. But that, you know, also, I will just tell you, I don't feel good. Going to cathedrals and fancy churches. No, I, because they're also even if all of it is peace, love, and harmony, it's still built right. on this uh, uh, hateful ideas and taking money from people who could not afford it. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's just nothing good about that. I mean, if you go to the Sistine Chapel, there's just it's all bad stuff. Yeah. It's just all bad stuff. You know, I mean, I would say that blowing a goat. Uh, Maybe I mean maybe we can be on the side of the Jews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was and gonna it, say like if I was Jewish, I think I would, I would want to like buy up all I'm of those. I'm surprised. I would like to. Own no one all has gone those. out there with a pipe and knocked it off. Yeah, because it, it is just sticking straight out from the church. You mean like you went and lit Notre Dame on fire? <laughs> yeah, like like that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like the the night we were juggling torches in Notre Dame. <laughs> you know, uh, they were talking about how this this priest uh, who was a hero. Because yeah. he ran back in with the firefighters to save the crown of thorns and stuff. Yeah. Aren't we supposed to believe that people who put themselves in jeopardy for things and consequently put firefighters in jeopardy for things are bad people? Yes. We're supposed to believe that, aren't we? Mm -hmm. If you ran back in for your computer, they would say, what's wrong with you? And they would also say, but not just for you, yes. but you're endangering someone had, might have had to rescue you. Someone had to rescue you, or someone just paid attention with you, or you're just part of the problem. You're part of making the scene more chaotic. I do not like uh, lionizing this uh, this priest. But for if you run back in to save a person, of course, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, the phony crown of thorns for Jesus right. uh, is not something you run in to save. I mean, I just don't, I think that's an irresponsible dickhead. Right. The headline should have said, irresponsible <laughs> dickhead runs into fire, jeopardizes firefighters. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that cra the, the crazy, uh, you know, all of the silver, religious silver lining things that come out of 
the this story drive me crazy. Well, like what? Like you know, like um, somehow. Oh, somehow the cross is somehow still the cross there. The still there, or cross is still they found there. the thing. Yeah, that the you know, they, they 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 the wink of God still saving the important stuff or something. Yeah, I, I that just drives Couldn't me stop crazy. the fire. Right. <laughs> yeah. Also, the, shoot. There's a. There's I was looking a, over there. There's a seriously injured firefighter too. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and then also, I mean, I don't want to get all socialist on your asses. We're supposed to be libertarian. But these billionaires uh, donating a billion dollars to build the church. Well, meanwhile, France has a lot of trouble with uh, with, uh, with 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 the poor suffering. Yeah, the whole world does. The whole world. Does. You know, in a billion bucks. Uh, that might make a difference in Haiti. Yeah, that was where I felt like I was. I rode the wave of internet backlash uh, well on that one. Yeah, that was very swift. I thought, and normally, of course, now there's always backlash, and there's backlash to backlash. You know, on every single story, and this one I felt okay. As yeah. opinion wise, I felt okay. Was there much <laughs> backlash on the uh, on the priest running into? Save the crown of thorns? No. No, you're the first backlash on this one. Yeah. We got <laughs> yeah. that going on. Yeah. You're leading that charge, my friend. I, I, I just uh, Keep I your just head thought, down. <laughs> you know, I don't want, I mean, I tried to change it, too, right. and say it's just, just because you're not religious. If if the uh, if MoMA was burning down, you know, yeah. running in to save the Warhol? No. 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 Running in to save uh, Monet's water lilies? Well, these and Picasso, some of them are things that people feel are bigger than themselves. Turn it to like your son, your brother, you know, your wife ran in to save the crown of thorns. Right. You get like, but I, what? I mean, he made it out, so he's a hero. And if he hadn't, they would probably have said he shouldn't have done that. I, I maybe, know. maybe. But also, you know, whenever you do something like that, you are making, you're putting firefighters in jeopardy. Yeah. There's no way that's not true. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's not true. That it is not a personal decision. It is not a personal decision. You are not running in there to save something on your own. Two firefighters were with him. You know, they were, they were going in to protect him. Yeah. Those are two firefighters who are making a different decision than their training or than their professionalism would tell them. Right. If the firefighters thought the most important thing at that moment was to save those relics, they would have done it. Would have already been You're changing there. the fire. Yes. I mean, they were obviously trying to put the fire out, trying to save all they could. They were prioritizing. They were doing triage. You're changing their plan. Right. That's not a good thing. That's not a hero. If something's burning and you're alone and no one else is around there, then you're making the decision on your own. Yeah, this is okay happening in your... Go yeah. in and, you know, save your electric can opener or save your trampoline. <laughs> I gotta save your trampoline. <laughs> but if you're gonna save your trampoline, use it. <laughs> use it wisely later. First thing you'd say yeah, from your burning your house, life. Penn. What's the first thing you'd say from your burning house? Fire. You save the fire. Yeah, that's Duchamp's <laughs> answer. Isn't that a great answer? Your house is on fire. What is the one thing you save? The fire, said Duchamp. <laughs> There's not going to be a better answer than that. Is there? Is there? Run in and get part of the fire. That was Duchamp's answer. <laughs> Sometimes you just win. It's like the um, the desert island thing. You yeah, know? yeah. That, that, was, that was one. When someone said, you know, what books would you take on a desert island? And the person answered, shipbuilding. <laughs> Shipbuilding, edible plants. Yes, those are the books you take. <laughs> Never mind Paradise Lost, not Remembrance of Things Past. No Proust. Shipbuilding. 
how to build a still. <laughs> That's what you bring with you, yeah. Farming, wild, far edible wild plants. Yeah, 1,000 dishes with coconut. <laughs> 1,000 dishes with coconuts and nothing else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slow roasted, slower roasted, even slower roasted. You roast, you roast coconuts? I don't know. I'm just going through a cookbook. <laughs> so I had another, one other thing happen. We're going to wrap it up. One other thing happened. A German couple came to our show mm. and they said in very good English but with strong German accents they said you spoke on Sunday school about the idea of pistachio butter mm. when you spoke of peanut butter you said how luxurious would be pistachio butter and they handed me this little jar of green oh my <laughs> and I said, this is German pistachio butter it costs 3,000 euros. <laughs> and I said, what do you think I said to them? Thank you. You'll never guess. Bitte I said, <laughs> I know Heuschlecker kommt in eine Kneipe. Ah. Which is all I can say in German. It means a grasshopper walked into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know the whole joke, which is the grasshopper walks into a bar. Bartender says, we have a drink named after you. The grasshopper says, oh, Irving? Yes. <laughs> and I used to have, oh, Ernst? That was the punchline. <laughs> uh, Robbie translated for me. But all I remember is, I know Hoistrecker comes in on the canipa, which seemed to make them very, very happy. <laughs> and I took the pistachio butter home, and I said, this is great, because peanut butter's not, and I looked up nut butters, and, mm -hmm. and I, this is pretty good. Pistachio butter is way too sweet. Really? It's like ice cream sweet. Was and there sugar nothing, added? No? no. Nothing added to it. I guess and I read on the web. They said pistachio butter is so sweet. You're used to nut butters being savory. This is not. This is ice cream. Wow. wow. It's pretty interesting. But Do they the have something they put it on standard? I mean, is it like uh, like instead of peanut butter and jelly, you do pistachio butter and and I don't know. It's German. Jerky? <laughs> it's German, so they probably put it on people's asses. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what they do. But supposedly the healthiest nut butter. And what Clapper says is the healthiest nut butter is almond butter. Yeah. I'm trying to change from peanut butter to almond butter. It's good. Yeah. Almond I do butter. love almond butter. I have Sliced some... apples and almond butter. That's really yeah. good. I also have some hazelnut butter. Ooh. You know what I've also never seen? Who knows where they'll come from this? <laughs> Probably from New Zealand. Uh, I've never seen Brazil nut butter. Have you? I have not. No. Yeah. You know what I just bought was um, birch syrup. Oh, yeah, I guess about that. Yeah, yeah. really you know, expensive. It, it, expensive. Well, because it's 110 gallons to one. Yeah, to instead, boil of, it instead down. of 10. Yeah, instead of whatever, 30. I thought it was 30. 30 yeah. So it's, it's three times. Birch yeah. syrup? Birch, Birch syrup. syrup. Yeah. Ooh. It's delicious. It's instead really good. Instead of maple good. syrup, it's a whole different, whole different taste treat. I bet. There, there used to be uh, a syrup made from the sugar pine trees. I think we've probably talked about it on yeah, the yeah, show yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, And uh, I've never found anyone to have, have sugar pine syrup. I'm looking for uh, that. I'll also Deliver it to Penn if you have some. <laughs> speaking of buying stupid shit, it was time for me. It's been four years, so I bought a new desktop computer. Ooh. I bought, I'm so embarrassed by this, I bought an iMac Pro. <laughs> this, this will allow you a person. You are a wealthy man. They'll allow a person <laughs> to edit Avatar <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> they can do all the special effects for Avatar. You can certainly do any piece of music, any movie thing that's ever been done can be rendered instantly. 
I'm using it for word processing. <laughs> um, also, I should also say that we have, um, there's about 14 terabytes, maybe closer to 20 terabytes of Penn & Teller archive material. Oh, wow. And we have to go through and find stuff. Uh, it actually does take some computing problem. And oh, so now you have to do it because you have the computer. What a! But you should have just bought that for I, someone at the office. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to come over and work at your computer. Yeah, I looked at. Uh, I finally decided that for the for the other iMac I was going to get with all the fully loaded. Mm -hmm. It has more uh, onboard memory and stuff, so it have outboard memory. It is. It's really really stupid. You know, I have actually gone to computer stores and said, I'm thinking about buying this computer. And they say, what are you going to use it for? And I go, mostly writing an email. <laughs> and they go, can we bring you over to the remedial section? Do you do any video editing at all? Or do you do any uh, computer? Uh? And I go, no. And they go, you don't need. Anyway, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, it'll last me several years. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. uh, and still is stupid. I just want you to know I'm stupid. All right. That's um, a fun thing to do, though. That it is. is it's fun to get fun. a new computer. It's really fun. It's always uh, good. You know, it's like uh, I was saying to my Jewish friends. It's either buy a new computer or blow a goat. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you want to do this afternoon? That was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And to our You become naked. That's two shows in a row. You've come up with a title in the last line of the show. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. You want to blow a goat or buy a new computer? Is that the name of it? That's the name of that one. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against a shock if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us.